are listening to Law and Gospel on this Rumination Tuesday, the last day of January, the 31st, in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Tom Baker, and with me will be Mark Smith as we examine the hymn that is assigned for this coming Sunday. Thy strong word did cleave the darkness. Did cleave the darkness at thy speaking, it was done. For created light, we thank thee while thine ordered seasons run. Alleluia, alleluia. Dwelt in darkness, dark as night and deep as death. Broke the light of thy salvation, breathe thine own life giving breath. I want to play all six verses. They're really good. And you may be familiar with those verses if you've ever attended a Concordia Seminary worship service when they tell the students that they are going to be ordained. This is an example of an occasional hymn written upon request for a specific event. Walter E. Bluston died in 1973, a Concordia Seminary colleague, friend and neighbor of Martin Franzman, who died in 1976, had encountered the tune Ebenezer. Enthusiastic about his potential, he prevailed upon Franzman to write a text to the tune, relating it to the work and mission of the seminary with the intention of using it at the seminary commencement ceremony in 1955, Franzman elected to base the text on the seminary's motto, Light from Above, Matthew 4, verse 16. Therefore, this hymn was sung at Concordia Seminary Commencement Exercises every year from 1955 to 19. 97, and several times thereafter. I remember when I was at the commencement, that was a hymn that was sung. It is a hymn also for the day of Epiphany 5. And it's also for the one-year series as well as the three-year series. It is a wonderful hymn. What do you think of it, Pastor Mark Smith?
Yeah, it's it's a it's a wonderful hymn. You know, it's funny. I don't remember ever hearing this hymn until I entered the campus at Concordia Seminary. I think it was uh, I think it was sung at the opening service, and uh, uh, you know, it it really grew on me. I don't know if I appreciated it right away as much as I do now. But you know what's funny? My kids, as they were young, loved this hymn. Which uh, it's kind of kind of surprising surprising that kids would uh, would enjoy, would really grow to love this hymn so quickly. I was it's a little a, I was a little slower appreciating it. Of course, I appreciate it because it was a seminary hymn. Of course, I love it now, and I and I it grew on me very fast. But uh, boy, my kids loved it right from the beginning. When Martin Franzman, I had him as a professor. Did you? Uh, no, no, but I remember when he passed away, and that oh, was, uh, you know, that was real news there at the seminary. He, I think he, let's see, 76? That's right, 1976. Yeah, I, I was just a young student there. I remember everybody talking about Martin Frosman and when he... Well, when I he, had uh, him for a number of courses. I had him for Romans, yeah. and it's a 10-week course. We only got up through Chapter 5. Really? Well, he yeah. wrote... He wrote a very fine commentary on uh, the Epistle to the Romans. Absolutely. Yeah. This strong word is a great hymn, and so without further ado, it has six verses. It originally only had four he had written, but then it wasn't long enough for the walking in of the <laughs> seminary students, the faculty, etc. So he added two verses to it later on. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's got the, now the, the last two verses uh, have a different refrain than the first four. Did you notice that? Uh, what do you mean by refrain? Well, we'll we'll uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, instead of praise to thee who light does send, uh, in, instead of that, it's may the light which thou dost send, and uh, it, it's it ends. The last two verses end a little bit differently than the first four. Yes. In fact, he was told in his new verses, and I think one of them, he uh, was verse three, he included, was more about the cross of Christ. So right. let's take a look at uh, the first stanza, if you would read that, please. Okay. Thy strong word did cleave the darkness. At thy speaking it was done. For created light, we thank thee, while thine ordered seasons run. Alleluia, alleluia, praise to thee who light dost send. Alleluia, 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 without end. So, thy strong word did cleave the darkness. What? A lot of kids maybe don't use the word cleave very much. So, if you're teaching this to your children, and this is a great hymn, to help them memorize it. You know, you could do that over about six weeks. Each right. week be talking about it. What does cleave the darkness mean? Uh, separate. You know, he he separated light. You know, it was, it was, originally it was nothing but darkness, dark and void. Uh, but uh, he created light. And that cleaved the darkness. It separated light from darkness, day and night. Right. In fact, the verse goes on. For created light, we thank thee, 
Wild Vine ordered seasons run. And do you remember why he was talking about light for this hymn? Well, it's it's creation. Well, more than that. Oh, a light from above. The light from above is the uh, seminary seminary motto. Excellent. And of course, Excellent. Yeah, the light from above. So, boy, Fra- Franzman was just brilliant. He was. Uh, I, I just loved his course and still use much of what he said about Romans. Remember, the goal of a pastor is not only to explain the Greek, the Hebrew, the Aramaic, but also the English. And Franzman, that's why it took us 10 weeks to go through five chapters, because there is so much in Romans that needs interpretation and understanding from Scripture, interpret Scripture. Amen to that. Tremendous. If, If somebody wants to know about Jesus Christ, probably the best Bible book to have them look at is the book of Romans. Right. And and then the book of Galatians, which so clearly distinguishes law and gospel. All right. I'll read stanza two. Lo on those who dwelt in darkness, dark as night and deep as death, broke the light of thy salvation. Breathe thine own life-breathing breath. Alleluia, alleluia. Praise to thee who light us send. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia is without end. So who are those who dwell in darkness? Well, that's uh, everybody that hasn't heard the gospel. Yes. This All is, uh, those... Just as just as uh, uh, God uh, created light and separated the the night from day, so He also gives the light of the gospel uh, separate to separate death from life. Well said, because it says, "Bright with night and deep as uh, dark as night and deep as death." That that happened to Adam and Eve, didn't it? Right. Death. That's right. And, and yet, very soon thereafter, in uh, Genesis three, he tells he gives the first gospel uh, that uh, that Satan's head will finally be crushed by the promised Savior. Yep. But in the process, he will be wounding the ankle of the Messiah. That's right. And that refers to the cross, of course. So right away, we're talking about Jesus and breathe thine own life-breathing breath. How do you explain that? Uh, Let's see, breathe thine own. I I was reflecting on that before, before the program started. Breathe thine own life. That's... uh, uh, that's the, that's God breathing His own life-breathing breath. You know, uh, creation of Adam, He breathed into His nostrils, and Adam became exactly. a living being. Then, when He sinned, He died because He separated Himself from God, which spiritually is death. Where do we get life-breathing breath? From the gospel. 
and specifically from Christ. What's from what? What sacrament? Uh, the Lord's Supper, baptism, baptism. Yes, <laughs> yes. In baptism, you get two gifts: the gift of the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit, who brings life and faith. So we believers already have life that Adam and Eve had in the Garden of Eden. That's and right. We look the moment- for an eternity of life in heaven. The moment we're baptized, even though we're just little, if we're little infants, we've been given that life-breathing breath in baptism. The Holy Spirit enters us and makes our little bodies his temple. Exactly. And and that's a a real miracle. All right. Stanza three, please. Thy strong word, and note that that word there is capitalized, so we know what it's talking about. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Glorious now, we press toward glory, and our lives, our hopes confess. Alleluia, alleluia, praise to thee who light does send. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia without end. This is the key item in regard to the cross of Christ. Thy strong word, you mentioned it was capitalized, which referring to Jesus, bespeaks us righteous. Bespeaks, that's a word that you hardly ever use for children. How would you explain that to them? I don't know, Tom. You go ahead and explain. (laughs) Well, I, I would change it. Thy strong word declares us righteous. Good. That's good. Yes. And that speaking of Jesus occurred at the cross. Remember what words did he say at the cross about forgiveness? Father, let's see. um, That's right. uh, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Uh, It is finished. You know, that means when when he said it uh, it was finished... All the sins have been atoned for. No, the uh, word I'm looking for is Father, forgive Father. them, for they know not what they do. Exactly. That is the gift of forgiveness. He spoke it from the cross. And we are declared righteous, which means we are holy. And that word holy means that we have been cleaned. That's right. Just as the sacrifices pointed toward the cleaning of Israel in the work and person of Jesus Christ, so also we are cleansed of our sins. And therefore we are bright with his own holiness. Right. So so that's given to us by Jesus. His robe of righteousness. Exactly. And that robe of righteousness, we're wearing it, it's a white robe but it's drenched in the blood of Jesus, which That's is right. red, but it still remains white, indicating our purity. Yeah, even though we daily sin much and indeed deserve nothing but punishment, God now looks at us through Christ's righteousness, and instead of a sinner, he sees a saint. Yes. Now I'm going to read verse 4 which was one of the new verses that Franzman put in later to make the hymn longer. And it really talks about the cross. From the cross, 
thy wisdom shining breaketh forth in conquering might from the cross forever beameth all thy bright redeeming light alleluia alleluia prince of thee who light does send our praise to thee who light does send alleluia 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 without end so how does the cross break forth in conquering might it's it's the it's the center of uh history the cross and of course the resurrection with that uh but the, the, we speak about the glory of the cross even though it was a even though it was a bloody instrument of of death and, and execution nevertheless it was through the cross that all of our sins have uh, been atoned and in fact all humanity has been atoned objective yes. justification when you go to a hospital call of one of your members and they're worried about their surgery or whatever we speak about the cross because there you have the promises where his bright light is redeeming them and it's breaking forth in conquering might have you found that when you use psalms or other parts of the bible that give a comfort of the cross that's right it changes the attitude of the person in the hospital bed yes oh absolutely yeah the cross is really central to our uh to our ministry in fact if uh if a a sermon doesn't mention the cross the preacher hasn't done his job at all well said and I would say that also for the resurrection as well. Those are two things that are crucial. Yeah, in every sermon I do, I try and bring in, well, I do bring in uh, the cross, the resurrection, and particularly baptism in the Lord's Supper, if it's a Lord's Supper day. That's right. Now, when you were uh, at that congregation, they had two services? No, one service each Sunday. Oh, was that true about your own congregation before? No, they had uh, well they they had two services originally on Sunday morning, but then we changed it to uh one service on Sunday and then we had a Monday night service. Right. Um when you have two services at your previous congregation, did both of them do the Lord's Supper every Sunday or did you switch back and forth? Uh I'm trying to remember. You're talking about the church that I retired from, Prince of Peace? Right, Prince of Peace. I think we got to the point where we had every Sunday communion. And wow. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure we had it, have it also uh, Monday night, the same service. Right, right. Yeah, I, I know the congregation we belong to, which uh, has communion even during Lenten and Advent services on Wednesday nights. So, all righty, if you will read stanza five. Give us lips to sing thy glory, tongues thy mercy to proclaim, throats that shout the hope that fills us, mouths to speak thy holy name. Alleluia, alleluia, may the light which thou dost send fill our songs with alleluias, 
Alleluia's without end. Do you notice that the first four lines are all dealing with our speech? Yes, right. Motivated by the gospel. Exactly. In fact, that is a big theme in the book of Proverbs, which I'll be talking about tomorrow, a section of it, that God desires that our lips sing his glory, our tongues proclaim his mercy, our throats shout the hope that fills us, and our mouths speak thy holy name. That's called witnessing, and it's something that is done in hymns. Do you know of people who really may come to a greater faith on a Sunday morning because of the hymns that are sung, not just because of the sermon? Oh, yeah. Hymns can really, oh, hymns can really lift our hearts. I'll tell you, especially rousing hymns. I love to have a, I love to have a, a, a well, especially the hymn at the end. The, the final hymn, I think, should really be a rousing hymn, uh, uh, one that really fills us with the hope of the gospel and sends us, sends us home with, with that hymn in our hearts and our minds. You know, if it's, it, it's, it, have you ever found that sometimes you, you, you go home with a hymn, the last hymn, and you, you got it in your mind the rest of the day? Yep. Yeah, because this one will be that. I'm trying to decide whether to start the service with this one or make it the sermon hymn. But I think it would be a good start to the worship service. I agree. Because that would really be a rousing hymn. Well, it seems to me that's the way we always use, we always used it at the seminary. The seminary hymn, I think we always began with it. Oh, yeah. In fact, they marched in at commencement right. with it. That's right. And here you had all of the professors in their various garb because some of them had doctorates and you had yeah. different vestments and such. And all the students were dressed appropriately with collars, etc. And yeah. it was really quite emotional. Very that, impressive. Plus, the chapel was filled with yeah. parents and friends. So, and sometimes, of course, we had the service in the quadrangle, the seminary quadrangle, and uh, that was impressive, so impressive, too, singing yes. that hymn. Yeah, I was kind of there when they built the chapel. That was really quite a chapel that was built, and they're still yes. adding things to it, yeah. like a good background and things like well, that. Well, stained glass windows now, beautiful yes. stained glass windows. Right. Okay, stanza six, please. Okay, and this is a doxological verse. It's got a triangle in front of it. That means you stand for it, and it speaks of all three persons. God the Father, light creator, to thee, laud and honor be. To thee, light of light begotten, praise be sung eternally. Holy Spirit, light revealer, glory, glory be to thee. Mortals, angels, now and ever, praise the Holy Trinity. That's a powerful verse. Boy, it sure is, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of people, when they think about light creating, they only think about the Son, namely Jesus Christ. Yeah. But God the Father is the light creator. You know, you go to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and that's God the Father. 
but to thee, light of light begotten. Now, that needs to be explained to children. Well, the Father is the light creator, but how did he create it? Through his eternal word. He spoke the word, and Jesus is that word. And uh, to thee, light of he's the light of light. He is, he is the epitome of light, and uh, uh, he's the light of the gospel. He speaks to us. To the light of light begotten. That's, that's talking, of course, about our Lord Jesus Christ, the ultimate light. Praise be sung eternally. He's the only begotten. Yes. How are right. we children of God? By adoption. Yes. We're the adopted, and that's found throughout the Bible. So Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, and then... As we have already mentioned, the Holy Spirit is the light revealer. Now, who is he or what is he revealing? Well, he he reveals the Holy Spirit is the one that brings us to faith through yes. baptism or through exactly. the gospel. Well said. And a continuation of the Lord's Supper. Right. That's right. He continues to work through the Lord's Supper and through the Word the gospel. Because what's a great gift that one can be assured of through the Lord's Supper? Forgiveness of sin, life, yes. and salvation. Yes. And there's also a worship, not just with those in the congregation, but with whom else? With uh, all the company of heaven. Yeah. And also, specifically, angels and... And archangels. And and all, all the saints that have gone before us. That's right. The whole company of heaven. Mm -hmm. So that's a real comfort to people who have had their wonderful friends who are believers in Christ die, that they're joined with them. Strong word did cleave the darkness. We're going to be using it Sunday, and we thank Pastor Mark Smith for helping us understand some of the language in the strong word. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And tomorrow we'll talk about, again, some of the themes of the strong word, namely light, in the study of the book of Proverbs. So join us tomorrow at 9.30. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your checkout to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO. The biggest impact I get to make is seeing kids graduate. I find it the most meaningful to be able to work with kids and see the smiles on their faces when they figure out how to read. 
I felt really strongly that my faith was calling me to be a person who serves others. The only way that things are going to get better is if we all try to lend a hand. Volunteer in your community. Visit showmeservice.org. Sponsored by the Missouri Community Service Commission and the Corporation for National and Community Service. Here is what our listeners are saying about KFUO Radio. It's like we Bible-believing Christians have our own special uh, event. I love that. wish the whole world could belong to Jesus. I really appreciate this, and I'm enjoying it very, very much. To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. Christ for you, anytime, anywhere. Worldwide KFUO.